Hello everybody and welcome to Brumbagoon. You will not get there on a road bike powered by Komoot. And yes, people, today we will not get there on a road bike. We will need something more and we need also some some other mean of transport. Let's put it in this way. You will know more just in one second. First of all, remember that if you go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever speaker whatever you want to go and to listen to podcasts to you will find my podcast the broom wagon podcast and there you can feel free on rate subscribe review and share this episode with everybody that you like and you think is going to be interested this is going to be super important for me remember as well that if you want to support this podcast you can also go down here in the description and you will find the coffee page where you can buy me a coffee and support a bit of the expenses that make this podcast possible thanks to Komoot remember that you can also get your region for free just by writing on komoot.com g the code broom like broom right the broom of the broom wagon and in this way you can get your free region and you can unlock in your account your turn-by-turn navigation or your offline maps for that region anyways if you want to get your full subscription with the full maps it's really not expensive at all and because spring is coming you're gonna have a lot of fun with Komoot this year by exploring the Alps for example think that I'm gonna do even more and I'm planning as well to do the Holy Week is out there and is coming. Let's put it this way. Thanks a lot again for tuning in because today I'm going to tell you the story of Carol. I found this story probably on the Larry vs. Harry uh, Instagram account where I saw this guy that with a white cargo bike bullet, to be precise, he was going from Poland to Georgia with the skis, with the rampons, with all the winter equipment just to hike up and come down with these skis and because now you know it right and completely into winter sports well it's really something that caught my attention i got him while he was in mallorca in kind of a training camp just to get in a better shape of his uh, future plans and we got an amazing shot about something that people are not used to do first of all bike packing with a cargo bike second thing bringing your skis with you and third thing really moving from poland till georgia we also talked a bit about geography. I think it's time to sit down and to listen a bit to that. I think you're gonna enjoy it. I've been looking for this story or a story similar to that because I think that actually Carol's story is kind of unique for a bit of time, especially now that I'm completely getting into winter sport, even if it's probably because spring, or spring will never arrive, but before everything, before everything of that, Hi, Carol. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Stefano? I'm really, really good and super happy of having this shot with you today. Even if I have to be completely sincere, as usual, we have been talking for 45 minutes already. We have a lot of topic to touch base today, probably, and a lot of stories to tell. Yeah. Well, I would say so. Why this story? I was trying to hunting this story for so much time because it's a long time, but I'm trying to tell the story of somebody riding, traveling, bike packing, cargo packing the world with a cargo bike. And I believe that in the uh, somewhere in the internet, in the Instagram, I actually found the story of Carol going till Georgia with this bullet that little brackets, I'm not sponsored here, but it's probably my favorite cargo bike. So we got in touch, 
and we are here talking, even if at the moment Caro is actually... So I will try not to keep you on the microphone for so much time because you know that you have some uh, an island to explore, right? You're in Mallorca riding the bike. Yeah, that's true. Mm. I will try not to be super verbose, I would say. I will try to keep it easy. First of all, Carol, I want to misspell completely your name and surname. So I'm talking with Karol Kamicek. Yeah, it's it's Karol Kamicek. 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 I'm almost, almost right, yeah. Kamicek, yeah. It's, I'm already super bad with all the accent. And I would say that Polish language is a bit more complicated than others, right? It is. It is hard, even for me sometimes. So I can completely understand it. Perfect. Well, probably we can start from the beginning. I said already the story that actually I saw your amazing photos on the Instagram of you traveling with an amazing setup of a bullet with some skis going around the half of the Europe. But give us a bit more of an introduction about you. Okay, just just to mention one thing, I made it really really hard to in, in Mallorca yesterday so today is more like a recovery day so don't worry about the time okay perfect perfect we, so, we are gonna, yeah don't tell me that otherwise we are gonna spend the whole afternoon here talking <laughs> okay it's fine okay no uh, I'm, uh let's get back to the to the to the to the bullet trip you know like it was for me using using the cargo bike was like a necessity mm-hmm. because i i plan to take so much luggage with me mm-hmm. it wouldn't be possible using any other bike well yeah it makes sense yes but uh it makes a lot of sense but actually the thing that actually puts a bit of curiosity in me is who is carol so how did you get into bike what are you doing and actually we're having this conversation before you have a lot of interests and so probably a lot of interests is the reason why you need to bring a cargo bike with you in a bike packing trip and because of the heavy luggage that you have it yes yes um so um like the starting point for this particular idea was just the thought that, like, for me, uh, any bike is just a way of commute, right? It's a mode of transportation. So if you if you take a bike uh, commuting to work or to a swimming pool or anywhere else, why won't you just go skiing with it? Of course. Right? Just, the di- just the distance is longer. But the, the 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 whole idea is the same. You pack your stuff, you leave home, you go somewhere, you do what 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 you want to do, and then you come back. And that was my. This is how I think of of, of bicycles, and this is also why it's so hard for train for me, because I kind of envy people that can go for you know the the Sunday ride, but I don't really have the motivation to do it. It's easy for me to. To go to Georgia and back, then to go like a for for like fifty k Sunday ride because in the end you're back in the same place. You you have you have a, you have a really expensive bike, and it brings you nowhere. You're just spending some time on it, and in the end you're in the same place. So I'd rather really spend like quality time with my girlfriends or play my guitar. But there's like world is so huge, and there's so many things to do. And if you think of it as a really, really effective way of transportation, you could also like pack your, all your skis, like all the ski equipment, because I wanted it to be completely human powered. Mm-hmm. So I, I took all the, all the gear I, I needed, including my ice eggs, my crampons, um, a piece of, a piece of line. Um, I had two helmets, one for skiing. Um, 
and other stuff that I carried for the almost 7,000 kilometers. Mm-hmm. When, so it makes me sometimes laugh when people are really, really concerned about the weight on the bikes. Of course. Because if, okay, um, probably this is the question I got a lot on the trip. Of course, how, how heavy was the bike? So you, 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 do you want to know the answer now? Uh, I would say yes. Okay, so the the bike itself, um, a, a a bullet by Larry versus Harry. The bike itself was twenty two kilo. Oh wow! Yeah. And I had fifty. I had fifty kilo of luggage. Plus yourself. And so yeah, so it was seventy seventy kilo of the bike and seventy kilo of myself. So the whole system was hundred forty. Okay. Which is quite a lot, but I could I could cross passes above two thousand four hundred meters. And I could uh, cycle more than two to hundred k a day. Wow! With bike that heavy, so it proves kind of that if this is possible, um, means that bike if it's eight kilo or ten won't make a huge difference. I'm not. I'm not talking about racing. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about the huge tours where sprinting, where um, climbing up the hill really fast is very important i mean I, I i talk about touring yeah so also i think it's, it's really important to to take all the stuff you you're gonna use because because it's just it's just comfortable to have everything but what did you bring you know you are talking about 50 kilos of luggages yeah what was there so um okay so all the all, all the all this all the skiing equipment uh, and this is quite 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 heavy uh just just the, just the, the boots and the skis it's more than five kilo uh, all the climbing equipment uh, the, the crampons just the, the crampons like for for walking on the on the glacier it's not a kilo mm-hmm. and all the other like mountain equipment uh, all my camping gear uh, clothes uh, books uh, Camera uh, equipment. I had I had a tripod with me. Okay. Uh, all the other stuff. I had I had I had you know I, I was preparing to I was prepared to to carry on for months probably with all the gear I had. Yeah, of course, of course. And then um, actually another question that comes into my mind before going also yeah. into your interests and stuff. Still talking about bikes. I was checking on your website. Uh, sorry, on your Instagram account. And yeah. two main trips are mentioned there your fixed gear trip till norway and your bullet trip till georgia i presume that all of them are starting from poland where you live right and can you just not travel with a normal bike geared without not so many stuff on it you just need to do something special how does it work (laughs) well i've i've done several bike bike packing trips already um, also normal ones also very 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 normal ones okay. uh, i love it i love it like so much uh, uh i try to not miss a summer without one um but probably it's because i mentioned them because these two are probably were the ones i'm most proud of mm-hmm. but um to be honest okay the, the fixed gear was in two parts, and the first part was a uh, on my on my second, I think fixed gear bike I had was a 
road uh, frame converted into a fixie bike, cheap one. Uh, and I did it with a friend of mine, and we cycled from from Poland to, to Copenhagen uh-huh. uh, with all the luggage. Okay. But it made me realize it, it's not as fun as you might think because I think fixed gear is not really meant to, to have too much, too, much, too much luggage on it. It, it changes brakes or brakeless this the one the first one was was with with, with a front brake okay okay and i had two panniers in the back uh it was pr- pretty heavy loaded and it all the all the all, all, all the luggage changes the, the way the, the bicycle rides uh, basically so it's not as fun as usually when it's when it's on the empty bike mm-hmm. so the second i went in a completely different way is more it was more of a vacation because I asked my friend to just uh, come with me and take a car. So I, had, I didn't have any luggage on the bike. I was just cycling, and he was, and he was, he was in the car, and we would meet in a uh, in a certain place, camp there, mm-hmm. and then I would carry on. So it was a completely different different idea, but still, because it's not a race and. Because also it was my the only vacation I had that year, um, but even the the, the the Georgia cargo bike trip, I try to to just to just to just focus on fun, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Otherwise, it makes no sense to because this is this is this is what I do. It's not it's not my job. I still have to to earn money to do it. Of course. So it made any sense to. It's it's still a struggle to to, to cycle uh, that far with so with such a heavy bike, but it has to be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, this is actually the first part on bike. But actually, like, tell us a bit more about yourself. You are a chef, don't you? Uh, so first of all, thanks so much for for your invitation. No and, worries. Uh, like thanks for thanks for having me. Um, so my name is Karol Kamiczek, and Kamiczek isn't really my real name. I adopted it from a Polish writer ah so it's uh, a nickname yes it's a nickname but she also she had a very interested la- interesting life and she also went by the name Kamiczek, which in polish is pebble okay but but it, it wasn't her real name and she she had the column um an advice column in one of the magazines in the 60s uh uh, helping people figure out the, the life problems. And she also um, published a few books teaching teens manners. Mm-hmm. And she also, at the same time, she had a very sad life. Okay. And the, the, the whole story, uh, and so the, her, her life is so interested and I completely fell, 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 fell in love with it. So I wanted to, 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 to make it my nickname, like her had nickname mine i'm i'm turning 33 this year mm-hmm. uh, i'm from poland i left i left my hometown like more than 10 years ago i spent same time in warsaw i then lived in, in berlin portugal iceland austria um for 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 almost 10 years oh wow yes and this is yeah and i and i and i love to to move to new places this is this is one thing I know already that I just after some time in the same place I just start to feel miserable. <laughs> Don't tell me, man. When you, <laughs> I can. You feel know, it. I I need the I need the constant stimulation. Like the moment 
when you when it, when it starts to be really automatical, like all the all the things you do, you close you close you close your flat store, you jump on your bike, you go for this, you you do the same route for like a three months, and you start asking like, why why is it why is nothing changing? Mm-hmm. And there's so many things in the world to to see and to do. Uh, this is when I realized it's time for me to, to move somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I'm back in, 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 in Poznan, which is my hometown in like Western Poland. Yeah. Uh, since the beginning of, of COVID-19. Wait, sorry if I interrupt you, Carol. So we are, you just said the C word. So I have to drop a coin. Just little <laughs> little thing all the time. You will know it. It's not that we don't like to talk about COVID. Actually, we don't. I don't. But the point is that from time to time, you need some context there. So you have to name it. And to yeah. make this thing uh, valuable and a source of happiness, I usually drop one coin into my COVID jar at the, at the end of the season. So probably July. All the coins that were into the COVID jar, that are into the COVID jar, will go to the charity that is Sea-Watch, which is rescuing uh, refugees that are crossing the central Mediterranean, risking in their life so yeah so it would make total sense for me to use this word a lot right absolutely but tell me how, how much how much money you have in, in it so uh at the moment i have together with me something like 10 to 15 coins so you can name it okay. 15 times but okay. don't finish my coins till the end of this interview or this talk because otherwise i have to run while you are talking i have to run to the post office and buy some new coins and Probably it's not going to be efficient. <laughs> okay, I'll be careful with it. Okay. <laughs> uh, you were at the point that actually you went back I to... I moved back to my hometown. To, yeah, to Poznan. And because of uh, COVID, I already dropped the coin for that. So, yeah, because because uh, uh, I'm a chef. I worked... Um, I've been working in kitchens for the last 10 years. And um, uh, COVID... And it had a terrible impact on the whole industry. So it was a time for me. If if you're really into cooking and traveling, uh, the whole pandemic is not it's not something that's gonna uh, influence your life in a good way. Uh, so I decided just to to wait a bit and do other stuff before it really ends. Yeah. Not to not to get really um, uh, frustrated with it. Okay, okay. So basically, at the moment, you are not working in the kitchen because of uh, the situation like it is. So you're just no. busy in some Actually, other thing. I, sp- I spent three months in Barcelona mm-hmm. uh, last last autumn because my girlfriend, uh, she's finishing her PhD and she had a, um internship in a ceramic studio there. Yeah. I had some money saved and I decided to, to go there. Okay. Unfortunately, and this is something I regret, I didn't take any of my bikes because... No way. Are you crazy or what? I was... I am I'm completely crazy because I was so scared to have it dropped because... I, Barcelona has such a such a terrible reputation. I talked to so many people about about like I was I was saying you know I'm going to Barcelona for three months with my girlfriend and they'd be like oh it's an amazing city I got my bike stolen in the first ten minutes. Oh, gosh. You know every literally everyone I know had something like lost something in this in this city. Of course, like in the end, uh, we spent amazing three months there. The city was almost completely empty because it was all the like unfortunately for the for the 
like for the industry, all the hotels, all the, almost all the restaurants were closed. Yeah. Um, but nothing really happened to us. So um, in the end, I, I regret it. Okay. Not taking it because because the roads are just just amazing there and the whole the whole region and also Pyrenees. Uh, but but was yeah it was a nice it was a nice uh, experience and we came back in November mm-hmm. and I wanted to to keep my to keep myself busy so I contacted one of the biggest comp- like bike messenger companies in in Poznan mm-hmm. and for the first time in my life I became a, a bike messenger. That's great. Yeah, I I I, I raced some alley cuts um, before. And I always knew I actually bought my, I made my first, I built my first uh, fixed gear in 2007, 2008, maybe when, when the, when the whole like fixed gear wave was just getting big Yeah, and I got really into it and I, and I love it. And uh, probably my, uh, my Chinelli uh, track bike is one of my favorites, like probably is the favorite. Um, and just to keep myself busy this winter and also to to get myself motivated to to get out in this terrible weather because the, the winters are just this so wet you know the temperature is not a problem but in poland or you live in berlin is the same like in january i remember one winter in january in berlin 2015 i think it was raining like 25 days i was completely wet when it when I got into work. We probably didn't see the sun in 2015 from October till June. It was grey yeah, the whole time, yeah, yeah. that 2015. I remember that that time I had a flatmate and she was telling me something like at the mid, in the mid-June, I don't care. I'm going to take out now all my summer clothes because I'm just sick of this winter clothes. I'm going <laughs> to take them out and I'm going to put it as a statement because it was crazy. Oh, yeah. June, we were wearing still rain jackets and uh, heavy sweater and warm sweater because it was just crazy. I remember completely. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And this is another reason why I go to go go to the mountains in the winter and the, the Tatras. Uh, so much in the winter because you have you get so much more sun sun sunlight there. Yeah. But also my statement this year was to get my skin burned on the second day, I think, in Mallorca. Okay. You know, I was I was so happy to see the sun. I didn't put any 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 sunscreen on my skin. Oh no. And I'm super I'm super pale. <laughs> I'm 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 like literally the whitest boy alive. Yeah. So so about I thought like who cares? You know, give, give it all. Give me all the vitamin D. I, I like. I want to absorb. I waited so long for it. So what? What? About, of course, it was stupid because I was in, in a lot of pain. The next year, the next day, it's still a, a bit of red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, I creamed my face and my legs because they were completely white. But arms, I didn't because I thought, okay. Let's give it. Let's give it a try. Okay. Okay. It went, didn't, didn't work. But exactly, didn't work. it didn't work. Exactly, it worked badly. Okay. But I think. I, I think also I got some pictures from my friends in Poland now, and we had like a first proper like a summer day. Oh wow! There was no spring this year. Okay. It was like a winter until last week, and yesterday or the day before it was like twenty-eight degrees Celsius. Oh wow! Or even more. Wow. So a lot of the, a lot of these people did exactly the same. I think they're kind of conscious that it's not safe for to expose yourself to the to the sun, but people wanted so much, you know. To, to just the suffering means that you spend so much so much time in the sun, and yeah, there is a tendency for people to do it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. 
Um, what I wanted to tell you. So, yes, we were saying that actually we're riding, basically riding around the world for so much time and actually went back to Poznan. Let's make three steps back. What came into your mind when you decided to make your trip from Poland to Georgia? So, first of all, what did you think about? Why did you think about that? And how you decided to make it, first of all, with a cargo bike, and second thing, to bring also your skis with you. Let's start from here, because then I have a couple of tech questions about stuff later. Yeah, so the starting point was definitely the idea of going on a bike skiing. That was the main one. Okay. And I wanted, I wanted, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a like super, super skilled alpinist. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. I'm a, I'm a really good skier. Uh, but I'm not a like professional um, climber or uh, or ski alpinist. Um, so I I needed to to choose a mountain that it's uh, that is easy enough for me to to climb and ski down. Okay. But also that it's like <clears throat> you want to you want to cycle. You don't want to cycle in winter. But still, you want to you want to ski on snow, so you have to look for um, a place that is high enough uh, that still have some 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 snow layer allowing you to to ski down. So it would make it would it it made perfect sense to go to to Georgia because the Caucasus range is pretty high and um, Mount Kazbek. This was my main goal. Uh, is above five thousand meters. Oh wow! So it's still. So I thought if I go in May. No, actually, my plan was to, to start like mid-April and be there in the beginning of May. Uh, so I was definitely in the hurry on the, my first way there. Mm -hmm. I could still have some proper like winter conditions on the mountain, and then come back in 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 summer uh, through Turkey and the whole. Uh, Southern Europe. Yes. Um, I started a bit later, I think in May, and I was on the peak of the mountain on this on the fifth of uh, of June, and I wasn't able uh, to ski down to 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 the place basically where you where you start your like like summit ascent. Yeah. Uh, we just like like a, is it like a meteor station. Um, like a hut where you where we can come, and this is at, at three thousand um, six hundred meters. Okay, this is where you this is where you start in the night climbing up the up the up the um, uh, the peak and then skiing down. So I had to take my skis off, but it wasn't. Some people asked me if it makes any sense to take the skis so much far away if the snow is gonna be not like perfect or. Okay. Even even kind of stupid. It would make more sense to just to just climb it on foot and uh, and walk down. But I did. Okay. Definitely did okay. because because some like all the other people. There were some people on the um, on the top uh, the day, and it took me like forty minutes to to ski down, and they were walking down the yeah, down the mountain like for, for hours. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. You wanted actually to uh, to take your bike, put your 
skis, take your skis with you because you wanted actually to go out with the bike to go skiing, right? And uh, yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. And that's this makes completely sense. But my question is, how did you deal with it technically? Because you were just parking the bicycle and lock it down, and then going up and coming down from the same way, and then you continue your trip, or? Uh, it was something like, I don't know, leaving there the bike and uh, using your skis to make some days exploration and then coming down? And how did you decide what peaks to go up with the skis and which other just ride them with the bike? Okay, uh, so so actually it was only one mountain I, I okay. climbed and skied down. Okay, okay. It was a main goal, main goal also because, uh, because of the snow conditions, this is one thing, and also... Uh, it was really hard to get into into any other place that, that really would make sense to to um, to ski there. Okay. Uh, I left my bike in the in the closest village where you normally start your hike up. Okay, makes sense. Uh, I just found I just found a place. I packed all the stuff I needed to to go up. It was huge. I didn't I didn't have. <clears throat> of course, I, I had a lot of stuff, but still I had to do some compromises and. I didn't have a proper bar, uh, like a backpack, so I, I I packed like a huge like a duffel bag. It was more than thirty kilo with all the all, all the stuff. I and I I hiked with it up from one thousand eight hundred meter up to those three thousand six hundred with night. Okay. Because they were really really like uh, thin straps uh, on my shoulders, and uh, the the bag was yeah much too heavy okay but still i managed but still i managed but of course if you do it this way you have to there's always uh, some compromises absolutely. along the way absolutely absolutely so yes yeah, so i left the bike uh took all the all the like mountaineering uh equipment and uh, started started uh, hiking up that's super great and the mountain sorry just i probably lost some pieces here and there the mountains was the mountain was in georgia right yeah, the mountain is on the on the border. Is actually on the on the on the border between Georgia and uh, and Russia. Okay, within the Caucasus range. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And actually, your way was uh, something through Ukraine till Georgia, and then on the way back from the, through Turkey. Or you? Yes, yes, yes. Because I was in because I was in a hurry. Because I also started. Um, started a bit later than I expected. Uh, they uh, really wanted, um, you know, always planning, planning trips. You spend so much time on it. Like this one took me like two years almost. Ah, and you so many, so many like hours behind your computer researching, doing everything else, and then it's just the week, the week before you really want to take off. It's just nightmare because. This is exactly where where everything goes goes wrong, and you have to do. You need the last piece. All the, all the fine, final adjustments yeah. and the equipment and all that, and didn't come on time and all this stuff. So it's always a bit hectic in the end. Yeah. So um, I was a bit in a hurry, um, and I decided I also wanted to like make like a round trip. I don't. I didn't want to to take exactly the same route. Of course. To to Georgia and back. But I wasn't really safe to to cycle around uh, the Black Sea because of uh, crossing uh, Abkhazia. This is like an autonomous republic, and um, 
and the European Union has no uh, like diplomatic uh, relations with it, so it's not really safe to go there. So I decided to, to go to Odessa, make one extension and take a ferry. So from Odessa to Georgia, you took basically the ferry in the Black Sea. Yes, yes. It took, it took uh, 48 hours, I think, like two, two days. Yes, because it's super far away. The point is that we are just focused on our European, say, Europe-centric maps. And the Black Sea seems, especially if you come, just if you put it in comparison with the Mediterranean Sea, it seems like not so big, but actually it's huge. So, and you actually were crossing the old Black Sea from one side to the other, so it can make sense, 45, 48 hours. Yeah, it was really, it was, I got really far away. I remembered. I tried to uh, to enter Azerbaijan, mm-hmm. but I wasn't. I I, I, I pretended uh, I didn't know that they they uh, they require a, a visa. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I thought, why not? Let's 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 uh, let's give it a try. And remember, I checked being there that it's closer for me to go to to New Delhi than home. <laughs> okay. So this is this is how far. How far east I, I, I got. Okay, okay, oh cool, oh cool. And uh, considering that you actually took, so talking about planning, considering that you actually you took your cargo bike to arrive there, and basically I think that one of the biggest problems was crossing some high passes and then the weight of the bike, right? How did you choose, first of all, how did you plan your route? And second thing, how did you choose the parts that you have to do? So the mountain ranges that you have to cross, the high, al- the altitude of the passes that you want to have, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, this might be quite surprising, but I didn't really check the route, because like, uh, I was just prepared to have some mountains on the way, and the great part of bike, 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 packing, the trip like this, is that you have to go, but it's not, it's not a race. You, you can make mistakes. You can, you can, you can make a stop. You can, if there's a nice restaurant, you just you would stop for like two hours and the beer there. If you meet nice people, you can also, uh, you can, you can also like do whatever you want, basically. So, um, so I didn't have a fixed route. Um, I didn't really check. I, I think I didn't want to know how many elevation gain is on my way, you know, because it would, it would be terrifying. So I thought I'm going to get there at some point. I did it quicker than I expected, I think maybe. Um, but, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't really choose if I want to go this way. But also, you need to remember that it's like it's not so many roads in the in the. It's not so many roads in the in the mountains. Okay. Right. So there's usually one they have to to carry on. That's why I also use sometimes even highways. Like in Georgia, really? there's like yeah. Okay. It's not. It's it's some people consider it stupid. But because there's the there's the there's always the like pretty wide um, lane on the on the right side um, for emergency, you 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 safe there. Sometimes it's much easier to uh, safer for you to to cycle there than in ha- heavy traffic somewhere somewhere on a very like on much smaller roads. Okay. And this is something I, I probably um, I need to mention now. I got this question quite often uh, about the drivers. Okay. People, because also Georgia has a reputation uh, of really bad, bad, like crazy, crazy young drivers. 
or even like across Moldova before and Ukraine. <clears throat> All those countries have a reputation of how bad their, their roads are and uh, how terrible the, the driving habits are. And unfortunately, you know, they're right. Cycling in Poland <laughs> and for 10 years, it's not, it's, it's, it's not a huge difference. Ah, okay. <laughs> it isn't any difference, probably, you know, like Berlin, London, it's, isn't any better. Warsaw, I remember, you know, I had, I worked in Warsaw for two years and I was crossing this um, bridge on, on the way and people still uh, ride the car like, Call like 100, 150, 120 k an hour. Oh wow! Yeah, it was it was it's just terrible, and still and still this way. So um, I'm so I'm kind of used to being in a heavy heavy traffic. So that's why I I felt good being a, uh, working as a as a bike messenger because I can deal with it, and there was nothing that could surprise me. Okay. Of course, sometimes the, the, the roads had huge, huge, like the the condition of the roads was, was just terrible. But it was much less than I expected. Okay. In some parts, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, let's start from here because I want to ask you also something else about your trip. But yeah, you talked about the roads, the conditions, and everything. Tell me a bit more about the sceneries. Which one were actually the part that you crossed that you really liked? Because I have to say, to have to be completely sincere, it's not that common, actually, for people to ride the route that you rode. So, um, actually, uh, from Poland to Georgia, not so many people did it. I know a lot of people that went to South Southeast Asia. I know a lot of people that went, actually, through Russia uh, or even better, through Afghanistan and Iran till China, mm -hmm. for example, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I never heard about actually, or a lot of people that went only into Central Asia, but I didn't hear a lot of people actually going from East Europe till Georgia, and it's pretty interesting. So tell me more about landscapes. Which one were the cool spots that you thought, wow, this place is amazing? Yeah, um, one thing I, was, I wanted also to mention is that for me, it just feels right to to cycle, to just ride my bike all the way to to my to my to my end goal, because because for example in Ukraine in Ukraine 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 like the 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 Carpathian Mountains on my way were so beautiful, and there's no no one ever goes there for cycling, and the question is why not? I the first first cyclist I met on the way was probably in Romania. And why people always choosing the same, the same, the same places? And I also wanted to to keep it to keep it very simple. So if I want to Georgia, if I want to go to Georgia, and I have so many countries on my way, just just, just treat them exactly the same way, and just just don't skip anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, absorb everything you can you, you can you can possibly do. Um, the landscape. Uh, the whole Caucasus range is just amazing. And Georgia, the whole country is basically in the valley between huge mountains. So you just look left and you have 5,000 peaks. And you look right and you have 4,000. Wow. So it's just, it's just super spectacular. And they have amazing coasts. Nice wine region. Mm-hmm. And, but I wasn't really surprised because I knew, 
it's 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 like it's gonna be like this. What was what was really surprising and I and I what I probably laughed the most on my way was uh, just after I crossed uh, the Turkish border and the very very western northern part of Turkey. <coughs> it's just mountains. Uh, there's no many cities there. It's just mountains completely covered uh, with with trees. Yeah, like a lot of pines. It's super spectacular. Amazing roads. Uh, it was just breathtaking. But of course, it was a lot of it was a lot of climbing there. <laughs> of course, um... everywhere, everywhere. But in Turkey, in Turkey is in Turkey. Wherever you you, you go, is just you, you 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 keep on cycling, and there's another pass of above one thousand meters. It's like after a while, it's not. It's not really surprising. Yeah, I can tell you that actually usually people think about Turkey like the warm place and the beaches. Actually, there are two seas there. Uh, it's squeezed between two seas, so it seems like everything is coastline, but it's not. There are amazing uh, landscapes, a huge mountains. It's a huge country. Yeah, it's, and it's huge. So... But yeah, I really, really love it. And I love actually also your description of the Caucasus Mountains. And uh, that's another thing that actually we don't see as a cyclist probably too much. We don't see so many people riding in that area. And it's also super amazing. And you mentioned as well Romania. And Romania is another great place to ride the bike. Yeah. Uh, what place isn't actually, I think. You're right. Like, You're definitely I lo- right. I, I, lo- I, love to, I love to cycle in the mountains. This is my... This is my this is like my my place to do it. Okay, so we had this chat before, and I I was talking about this terrible experience of, of going against heavy headwinds in the Iceland, and there is a lot of cyclists in Iceland, and this is not the place to go. Um, it's this probably the worst place to go cycling. It's always called. Oh, anyways, the landscapes there. We were talking about landscapes and uh, panoramas and stuff are amazing, but. Yeah, it's always windy, yeah. it's always the, cold, the and rains as crazy. <laughs> it, the, the, but the, I think the wind is the worst. Okay. Because there's no, nowhere to hide, like in the, in the mountains, because I also did a tour. I didn't manage, I didn't manage to, um, to make like a land, round trip around the island. Okay. But I, I did like half of it. Um, I worked there one, one summer mm-hmm. uh, in 2017. And I had my like a like a short vacation, and I did touring in East Fjords. Of course, amazing landscapes, but you have to be really dedicated. Making like a hundred k's a day, it's it's a lot, you know. Yeah. Uh, the conditions are really heavy there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to talk briefly also about your setup. So we talked that actually you had your skis on your bullet. What else? Okay, <clears throat> very, very, very good question. Like before doing this trip, I just sat once on a on a on a bullet. Like in, I I cycled for like 50, 50, 50 minutes only. But so I didn't have um yeah, I planned all the trip uh not knowing hundred percent what I was signing up for. I didn't do any I didn't do any training like with the luggage. I remember my mom Asking me just before I left, uh, asking me if it's fun to ride the, the, the bike loaded, like like that heavy, and I said I have no idea. And this is the first time I'm going to sit on the bike. But still, because because as I as I as I said before, it's not a race. It's not something you have. To, this is the best thing, the best thing about bikepacking, I think, mm-hmm. that you, that you can be prepared 
in a way and also be unprepared and still fun. And I think you cannot you cannot prepare for anything that's going to happen in the way. So it's always good to have to to be kind of spontaneous with with everything that you any obstacles, you know. Yeah. So um, so the bike itself, um, I decided to do to definitely have a drop bar on the bike. A drop bar, yes. A, a drop bar, yeah, which is something quite unusual. Like, all the setup was quite unusual. And a lot of people I contacted just asking, I didn't want them their opinion on if it makes any sense to do it because I knew I'm, I'm still going to do it. But they were like, what the, what, what the hell? Like, a drop bar on a cargo bike, 50 kilo of luggage, skis on. Do something reasonable, you know. Yeah. But still, I decided um, I went for a drop bar, which made a lot of sense because for touring, from personally, I on a flat bar, it's 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 just tiring, and it's you have you have so many hand positions. For me, doing above like I don't know eight eight hours on a bike, or like the equivalent of hundred fifty kilometers, and it only makes sense on a on the on the drop bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a mixed group, uh, group, a group set of um, mountain bike and a, and a road bike. Okay, makes sense. So I had hyd- hydraulic brakes. Um, there was leakage, and uh, <laughs> was a, it was really, really fun because I had a leakage in one of the calipers. On my way, it started. I I realized it something was wrong with it already, in, probably in Romania. Okay, and I cycled. And I cycled like almost fifteen hundred k with only rear brake. Oh wow! Okay. In the mountains, in the mountains. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I I tried to get it fixed in in Odessa, but no one could help me. And I found a amazing bike mechanic in in, in TPDC in Georgia. Okay. He was just he was so he was so confident and also so fun. I spent like two days there. You would have a uh, like lunch together, uh, in in his he had a he has a small workshop in the, in the garage uh, beneath a uh, bicycle shop. But he was really experienced, and he fixed he he fixed um, the brake. Okay. So I could carry on because I had a lot of climbing, a lot of descents on the way. So I said, no, it's like I'll be dead probably because if. Anything happens to, to the rear brake, uh, I'm just gonna get myself killed. So I had, so I had, yeah, road road bike um, levers, hydraulic, uh, mixed uh, mixed group sets uh, because I wanted to a smaller crank set in the front, of course, for for the for the climbing. What else was was on the bike? There was so. And it's it actually like the bro- normally the, the the drop bar makes no sense because it takes some some room of the space you could normally uh, pack your luggage. Yes, of course, in front something like an handlebar. In bag. front, in front. Also, if you have like, if you have like a seat or some someone sitting in the in, in the cargo bike, you just you, you will just hit hit them in the head uh, with the, with the bars. I change it after uh, after coming back from the trip, and I have the flat bar. Um, in the city now <clears throat> um, but um, the point is the other thing that I want to ask you because okay I think that actually talking about a 70 kilos bike setup 
everybody would say, ah, how did you do with the, um, uh, with the climbs, with the uphills? And then it makes sense. But actually, also you were talking about your flat bar, sorry, your drop bar and everything. How was with all this weight in front of your bike on the downhills? Because I think that you found also long downhills and uh, coming down in that position on a cargo bike with the skis and with uh, 50 kilos of weight on front of, in front of you. How was it? Did you feel comfortable with that? Did you feel in any risk or? No, it was it was fine. It, like the, the whole thing about like the, this this bike in particular because because it's so arrow, uh, because it's so so narrow as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just feel after some time you adapt to it and you it feels like a normal bike. It, of course, it's heavy. It's not that agile. It's not that fast. Of course, you have to be you have to be quite like easy on the on the uphills, but. When it, the problem I think with the cargo bike, it's not it's not riding, but anything else because it's long, it's super heavy. I couldn't lift it. Okay. And uh, I was camping at like three, probably three to uh, days in a row, depending on the weather conditions, or also on, on uh, if there was an option to to, to like get uh, the room somewhere on the way. Uh, charge on my on my on my electronics and uh, take a shower yeah but 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 looking like the 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 hardest part with this bike was just you know uh pushing it up the hill when i was looking for a place to camp okay and very often there was a there was like huge storms in europe one the day the day i started the weather was okay but the whole the first week was like five to seven degrees heavy storms for the for two weeks long and uh, the ground was everywhere so wet uh i would just camp in, in mud basically so so pushing the bike up the hill to find a nice spot to to set up your 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 tent this was the real challenge but also you know i couldn't i had so much so much so much luggage for example uh, going to a hostel i had to leave part of it took me like probably three times to to get everything off the bike and and, and bring it to to any building you know yeah 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 uh, so cycling when when the when the bike was was still moving it was it was it was much better than you would expect okay but anything else because because of how how much stuff i had was was a was a struggle yeah 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 makes makes a lot of sense and so actually you told me that you spend in this trip five months right no it was only three ah three months okay okay yeah where to... i was pretty quick ah. i was pretty quick okay okay to cover how many kilometers because i didn't have any bike computer with me and i didn't record any okay uh but what what for right yeah makes uh, sense you are there for the for the fun and for the travel itself not for the kilometers yes exactly and uh I didn't. I I, tr- I I was trying to every few days just just to calculate uh, how many kilometers I covered. Just I actually I uh, was in, in Google Maps. I was I was pinning the places I had my um, I was I was camping. Mm-hmm. Because just just for my just just for my info uh, because some of them were really spectacular. Okay. And, uh, and it's also another thing about bikepacking that you, uh, like. Allows you to get to places. Nothing, nothing. Any other uh, mode of transportation wouldn't wouldn't allow you to. Maybe with the skis. Maybe with the skis, <laughs> but only winter. Only in the winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, like yes, yes. Like 
yeah, cycling and 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 uh, and, and skiing uh, is equally efficient when it comes to bring people to to really strange places. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But so yeah, for an unknown number of kilometers in three months, you crossed the eastern part of Europe and some part of Asia with a cargo bike. How? Yeah people reacted on that so when you were looking for a bike mechanic in odessa when you found the bike mechanic in tbilisi or when you found your first uh cyclist and bike packer in romania how people and with the people in the hostels or i don't know guest house or whatever how people reacted on seeing you with this setup okay so i i, I um i did some calculations it was almost seven thousand. okay so I, uh, six six thousand eight hundred, I think. Okay, <clears throat> a bit more than this. Uh, um, they they were curious, okay, but in a very very nice way. And also, the the best the best part is that people are friendly everywhere. That's true, especially Whatever when you see you on the bike. Actually, I actually I was taking picture of everything. I, I got on the way because very often I, I didn't know people do it. Like, and uh, if you ever see someone really, uh, really fighting against, against the hill on a long tour, just um, you can easily come over and offer even, I don't know, anything like a bottle of water. It's so nice. I remember I saw I, I was taking pictures of everything um, I got from, from, from people uh, along the road. Very often they would just uh, make me pull over, have a quick chat. Uh, I remember two guys in, in Turkey. They give me like a iron, uh, mm-hmm. which is the best best thing you can you can you can drink on the bike. Okay, in the heat, and then a piece of bread, and they hugged me. You know, uh, it was it was like super hot, almost forty degrees. Uh, I wasn't in the best mood, but they left me smiling for like for like hours after. Um, and it wasn't the good part was because I was a bit worried that um, I'm gonna look silly on the bike, like with a huge, with a huge colorful bike with the skis on, a bit like a clown, and it's gonna gain like a lot of a lot of uh, interest around. But it wasn't that bad. Um, people actually like if they were approaching me, just just ask a few simple questions. Uh, first one, of course, how heavy is it? Second, how much it how much it costs, and what I'm going to. And in the beginning, in Poland, for example, I was saying Georgia, and they were like, "What? Like, okay, fine." They, they didn't even believe me. Though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's. And of course, I the, the question I got a lot was, uh, "Is this water skis?" You know. Uh huh. Because because it, it in the in the middle of summer in Turkey, having the skis on the bike is something pretty extravagant. And I was I was also I I was taking pictures of you know like the whole the, like like a lot of fruits like the only the only chance you can you can take a picture of a. Uh, of a really grown, matured peach with a bike, with the with the skis. I mean, yeah, looks good. Yeah, yeah, looks super good. Um, 
Another thing that I want to ask you, actually, to wrap up the conversation of your trip in, uh, in Georgia, do you have any kind of funny anecdotes, some funny things that happened to you uh, in these three months? Yes. Uh, yes, like the... Sometimes I felt like the whole, the whole trip is... It's an anecdote itself. It's just, yeah, it's, it's an anecdote itself, right from the very beginning. But because it was so heavy to lift the bike, it was actually, it, was, it wasn't possible for me to lift the bike. Um, the, probably the funniest story was I entered Bulgaria, crossing the, uh, the Bulgarian-Turkish uh, border. And I, and I, again, I was on the highway because there was the only in, in, in this in this part uh, made made only sense to to just carry on and there was not completely no shop on the way no petrol station nowhere I could I could refill my my water okay so uh, I ran out and then I decided okay I'm just gonna keep on cycling because uh, I'm already pretty dehydrated, and camping makes no sense. The thing you have to really remember when camping uh, in the wild: water is essential because you can do nothing without it, and it's re- even um, hard to, uh, to to fall asleep being de- like heavy dehydrated. Yeah. So I kept for another like, I don't know like eighty kilometers, three hours, when there was a petrol station on the other side of the road and it was a highway, so. So there was there was the barriers uh, on 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 between between the between the lanes on on the road, um, and I had to lift my bike. Oh gosh! Because because I checked on the map, and I was done. There was the only way I could get to the to the to the to the. To the to the petrol station actually because otherwise it would take me another three hours to 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 cycle it probably <laughs> and uh, so but it's not the end so I so I, I crossed the the barriers on a on a maiden strip separating the lanes and got to the to the petrol station it was exactly like I think midnight okay and Acacia said like you cannot buy anything because we are just closing out the register. So the, the the next thing, like the the next sale, can be done in like an hour. So I took so I took a huge bottle of water, like five liters probably, and and coke and like a like a hot dog, and said, "I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I can I can wait for this. I can wait for this hour of how 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 long it takes to for you to 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 sell me all the, all this all this all this stuff I needed." Then yeah, you just need, you said okay, I'm gonna stay here. Drinking my stuff and eating my stuff, but yeah, take yeah, your just, time. Just recovery. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's super great. Exactly. That's super great. That's great, actually. It looks like uh, an amazing trip. And uh, what's next then, Carol? What do you have in plan for your next trip? Do you have another cool thing in mind? Do you have something like another trip with another bullet or with the same bullet? Or coming out from a huge winter on the, on skis and stuff? Are you planning something else only with the skis? Or carrying your bicycle on the skis what's next okay so because i i I have so many things i do um and i don't want to lose any of them um so like i i i ride my bike i i do a lot of scootering uh, in the winter which which perfectly complement each other and i hate to to ride the bike in the winter but also I, i work as a chef i try to 
to figure out my ways to do everything like at the same time or less and uh, and try to try to mix it. Um, <clears throat> I realized at some point uh, during my trip that uh, I was actually racing myself, especially on the way to Odessa, because I knew the the ferry takes off every three days. Oh, okay. Um, and I was really, I really, I didn't want to, to wait another two days for the next one. So I I had, I knew exactly how many cases I need to cycle one day and the next one. So and it felt so good. I loved, I loved to, uh, I loved to uh, just, just, you know, completing the plan and this idea of racing myself. And, uh, I thought to myself, why not try to to take part in a, in a like unsupported race one day? Okay. And and actually, this is my plan for for probably the next two or three years to first to check how fast can I be uh, when I really train. And uh, yeah, I need to make a point. I I I, didn't, I wasn't really ever training. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's say that I was just I was just I was just riding my bike, you know, as a as a commute every day. I loved it, but I but was I wasn't really training. I didn't care about the you know TTSs and the FTP yes, yes, and yes, everything yes. else, and even my average speed. So I have a bike computer now, and uh, being in Mallorca is probably one of the first steps of getting really in, into shape. Okay. Uh, and I signed up for the Trans-Pyrenees race, which is also something probably some people would think, oh, he's stupid. Why, 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 why this challenging? Why not a, like a one day race or something? And I, and I, I don't really like the idea of all those races, of like 400, 500,000 kilometers, because I think this is a, this is like a sleeping contest or no sleeping contest. Uh, of how many how many k's do you have to you can really cycle without sleeping and i i'm not sure i like this idea so i, I would definitely prefer a longer trip where where all the others uh, factors um you have to consider and do a lot of research and your route planning and uh, and the equipment you want to want to take with you on the bike and um and I love to be in the mountains, and Pyrenees are just beautiful. So, sounds like a good good plan for the next month. I want to climb a lot in the in the summer. Okay. Uh, and let's 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 just see how how it goes. Uh, I'm completely ready to fail. I don't have much expectations for the first one. I want to finish. This is the plan minimum uh, being somewhere not in the. Uh, complete end would be nice but you know yes 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 i want to also keep keep it keep it fun but also this time it's gonna be it's, I, i'll be racing you know so um so i want to let's see how how good i i perform on the first one and i want to just start to compete in the race probably next summer okay but my main thing is just uh, bike touring, and um, because I I I pay for my trips, and I don't have much savings after this. Uh, okay. No, you can you can say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some coins. Okay, left. after this after this pandemic, I. 
because I I it's I don't want to have dreams. I have I want I, I prefer plans. You know, if it's from the very beginning when I was talking about I don't I don't want to even talk about things that, that uh, seem a bit unreasonable. You know, and I don't want I don't want people to hear like me saying like some crazy ideas of going somewhere with the skis. If it's not if it's not actually it's also hard for me. Uh, to, to 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 I wasn't I wasn't sure. Um, I didn't want to actually post uh, too much on even on my Instagram before I got to the uh, to to the, to Georgia because I was I was so afraid I'm gonna fail at some point. You know, okay. No one ever has done it before, so you, there is a plan, but still you might you might fail, right? So. That's why I, I want to keep it. I want to keep it uh, just for myself. So I have I have a lot of plans um, for another for another bike bike tripping. Okay, so you're not gonna tell uh, us. But definitely, what is... definitely, what I what I can say is definitely I want to use it as a go to go to a certain place. But this time probably I want to cross some water. Ah, so if you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So that, that's that's it for now. Uh, but I I plan to to do it to do it my entire life probably. I never want to plan to stop. Why? Why would I? No, absolutely. And also, I, I I'm I'm a bit you know uh, thinking because it took me a while um, to to finally do the things I want to do and be confident to do it, but also have the money because it's very important. And I started pretty late. But I think I had a very, I have a very bad cycling road, especially road cycling, had a very bad image in the nineties. Okay, absolutely. Uh, the doping, it wasn't. You know, I had this, I had this, I had this idea that you have to have to choose one thing. But it doesn't matter if it's like professionally or anything you do. You have to really, really, really sacrifice everything else just to do it. The chances you fail are pretty high, and then. You retire being 25 and you grow a beer belly and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I realize, and also, also one one of the thing uh, that I really like about about um, the ultra endurance races is the community. Yeah, of course. Oh man, it's just so so, so cool. People, I I try to not compare myself riding because I follow a lot of of those people on, on you know social media yeah. and like social media and the beasts out there but also very 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 chill people and this is you know it doesn't matter what your age sex it's for everyone yeah and this is also one thing that that i uh i have completely different approach than i thought uh, i would have being a teenager for example of course and no you know which one i would just want to add a couple of things my two cents on that first of all you were saying um you have to sacrifice something if you want to proceed on something else or whatever and completely with you and you know what i can tell you more there's never too late to start something new and i can say this one for yes. myself having something like a new plan or something that excites you and blah 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 it's always super important that when you have a passion or whatever, try it out. Go out, try it out. Never think I'm too old, I'm too, I'm too bad, I am too heavy. I am, blah 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 blah. Go out, do something. You're gonna get the shape of it, and if you like it, you can continue it forever. And you That's can true. live with these things uh, altogether. That's not a problem. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, and I actually I I asked for help, uh, like giving any giving my trainings now any structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine from Poznan that is also he he worked in the same uh, bike messenger company, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he's ten years younger than me. Okay, and he's just retiring for professional professional cycling, road cycling, mm-hmm. you know. And it's I sometimes I'm I'm just starting. Like uh, racing, and he's he's retiring, and I'm ten old senior. Uh, so this is funny in a way, but also yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to it's it's actually hard to do it your ways. It's hard to do it exactly the way you need. You need a lot of confidence because otherwise you just you just lost. Yes, yes, absolutely. And also another thing that I want to add on your comment on the ultra endurance world. Of course, there are people, and I can mention a few of them, uh, really a few of them. I don't know, Sofian Seili, or um, uh, there is James Hayden, there is Lyle Wilcox, all these people there, they are just great. They go out, they do tons of kilometers, they are fast or whatever, and blah, blah. But on the other side, and they are great people, and just to put it mm-hmm. in this context. And then on the other side, you have also people that are just taking part to all the races, just to take part to that, to live the experience and everything, yes. just to finish it. But then at the end of the race party, you are there all together and everybody is super welcoming. It's a great family. I was super lucky in my life to be into this world with my podcast experience. I was in Morocco for the Atlas Mountain Race, Silk Road Mountain Race, and so many other yes. little ones. And you're really part of a huge family. And the first one who arrives and the la- receives exactly this. Actually, the first person who arrives receives less clapping than the last one because usually the last <laughs> one, everybody's there and everybody's cheering at you because you are the last one and you are arriving. On yeah. the first one, there is nobody apart for the organizers or um, the uh, the people that are there just to print to stamp your uh, your manifests and stuff. So really, there are just the volunteers and the organizer, and that's it. So you know what I mean? It's just so huge that it's a great family, and everybody's happy on being that, and uh, everybody is down on earth, and it's so cool to be part of the community. So you're gonna see once you're gonna take part to it, you're gonna just feel yourself. Of course, you need to suffer because this kind of cycling, it's a lot is heavy on your body but on the other side you're gonna have such a huge smile because of the things that you're seeing and also the people that are riding with you yes i hope to see it yeah 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 yeah. perfect then carl it was great 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 pleasure to have this talk with you today and in case you don't want to cross the sea but you want to cross some mountains and pass over here to switzerland be my guest so you we can have a ride together without any problems and have a good training now in mallorca thank you thank you yeah take care ciao ciao bye I don't know you people, but I'm feeling super astonished from the fact that Carol made all his way from Poland to Georgia without a bike computer. Even if I think that he was checking uh, from time to time on his phone where to go and how the route was developing. But on the other side, really, I would have wanted to have a bit more the situation under control. Am I not a control freak? As you know, even if my coach says something different, I mean, my mental coach, he says that I'm a mental freak because I am a control freak more than a mental freak. Anyways, that's another story. But another thing that actually completely astonished me was that he found himself in the middle of an highway with no water and no food. And this is my biggest nightmare, really, being on the trip and 
finding yourself without having anything to nowhere to restock when you're completely low if zero on water and food it happened to me once I was in Greece, we went through five or six hours into a kind of a deserted zone. It was at the border between Albania and Greece, and I found myself with no water for basically all this time. And then at the first fountain that I found, I just opened it up, put some uh, my bottle there, and then I just drank from this fountain that was completely out. Well, two weeks after that the two weeks after that was not super funny for my stomach and for my belly i got a stomach bug let's put it in this way a tummy bug that drove me on losing more or less 10 kilos of water but that's another story and this would not have happened with this little tip that i want to give you on komoot so first of all i would say that when you are planning your trip I don't know, this is my personal choice. I prefer to do it on my computer. So big plans on the desktop and then smaller plans, something like setting up things and fine tuning on my phone. But well, while you are in the root planner for uh, planning your next adventure, well, it's super easy to go and find the points of interest for the route that you are choosing. So in this way, you can really link together something like public toilets, water fountains, for example, camping grounds, accommodations, uh, shops, everything really not to feel a bit tight in the things that you need in your trip. Feel free to go to Komoot and go to komoot.com slash G and then broom to unlock your extra region, but as well, feel free to spend a lot of time, really a lot of time, in exploring a bit better and planning your new route, even just outside of your place, on the Komoot website. That's pretty, pretty, pretty important. Thanks a lot, Komoot, for supporting this podcast and supporting every my adventure. That's super nice. For example, I was this Sunday out to the Rhinefall, so actually at the border with Germany, sorry, in Germany, amazing waterfalls people really the rainfalls are just amazing and uh, i planned my route on komoot and it was so cool but really so cool because i went through a lot of little roads without being really bothered by uh drivers car drivers and everything and it was so much fun remember that you can rate subscribe and review this podcast everywhere apple podcast google podcast spotify spreaker wherever you want and you can also support me not only by sharing this episode with your friends but also by going down here in the episode notes where you will find the link to coffee and then just buy me a coffee in this way you can support me with all the expenses that make this podcast independent and as well produce it thanks a lot for that and remember that also down in the episode notes you can find also the link to the instagram account of carol and you can see as well and read about his stories and that's it for today just go out explore enjoy and talk to you later 